and welcome to tonight's Shir, Motzer Shabbos, Parshas Shmois. And uh, also we're just coming from the yard site of the Alter Rebbe, which was on Friday, Chavdala Tevis. So we'll start off with something from the Alter Rebbe. And that is the following Chiddush uh, of the Alter Rebbe. Now there is, now we're going to discuss two dinim. One is about Kiddush B'mokim and the second one, which is related to that, as we'll see, about, about the idea of Hadlochas Neiris and Kabbalah Shabbos close to Hadlochas Neiris. So let's start off with the concept of Kiddush B'mokim So we have a halacha that when you make Kiddush, you should be B'mokim Suda, B'karosu Shabbos Oinek, so by the place where you also, it should be b'mokim oinig. It should be where you're having your food for Shabbos. And here we have in Simen Reish Ayin Aleph, Tzorich lechol b'mokim hakidush le'alter acha hakidush. One should be eating, where you make kiddush, you should be eating le'alter, promptly. If you if and if you didn't eat until later, le'yotzi dechivasa, you're not yotzi. Then he adds even more. It doesn't matter a short interval or a long interval. So this is very interesting. So how well how so what's what's the what's the limit to this? You have to is it in seconds? How does it work? So Rabchaim Noah in Ksosa Shulchan in Simon Pei Aleph, so he Quotes the Alter Rebbe's words, Alter, and then he adds the following in his Ha'oras, he called his Ha'oras Bade Hashulchan. Upon him, he writes the following. It seems to me that there mustn't be even the slightest interval. So therefore, he comes up with a Swara. That if it's within a window, oh, let's say four minutes, whatever it is, nine minutes, which is, as we know, that it comes, this is particularly relevant to us, the night of Pesach, say the night, and Yom Kippur for someone who has to eat. There's a certain window, which is called and whatever is eaten within that window is considered a one, a single unit. And if it's spread out more than this window, it's not considered uh, one achila. So on Pesach by night, we want to eat the kazais matzo. So we make sure to have the kazais within the window. So we make a window of three minutes, four minutes. Machme, that way. Comes Yom Kippur, if someone unfortunately has to eat, so if possible, we try to make that he has eats in small amounts with intervals. In this way, that they don't eat within this window, so they have they're not in violation of um, of eating yom kippur because I uh, and yom kippur. So the concept of kedeachilas pras is that it's a window of time, and what, yeah, whatever is eaten within that window of time is considered a single unit of eating. So Reb Chaim Noah curiously wants to import the concept of kedeachilas pras. And apply it over here. So here you've got Kiddush, B'mokim Suda, two separate things. And there's an halacha that they have to be close to one another. 
and he is importing the Svorok Neachilas Pras, which I find um, unconvincing because um, what's God want to do with the other? That's got to do, there is a din of it should be achila achas. It should be considered a single achila. Here we're talking about two activities, kiddush and the suda, that they should be near one another. And so he introduces this svara. He raises the question. He introduces the svara. Lichias pras. Yosim is at zorach iyon. Then he quotes from the Sharit Shuva, who brings from a sefer called Ginas Varadim, who wants to say that so long as you still feel the pleasure of the of the drink of the kos, you, it's still considered close by. All right, so that's that. He leaves us. He leaves it unclear, and we say kiddush b'makom suda. Now it is very valuable to look at the last two lines here. But Mr. Brura says that if the hefsuk was for for necessary for the suda, that's not called a hefsuk. So, therefore, with these words of Mr. Brura, this discussion is more academic than practical. So let's say it, it takes time. You have a big family. Baruch Hashem. So it takes time until everyone washes, etc. So till you manage to make hamoitzi, it's going to take some time. But that's all tzorich hasuda. That's not a problem. For most of us, when we come home, uh, most of us are really we want to make we want to make kiddush and have the meal as soon as possible. We're not going to hang around doing nothing or whatever other activities which are not related to the meal. So I'm saying it's a little bit academic because most of us we make kiddush and we make hamoitzi. ASAP. So he's talking about taking a break between Kiddush and the meal, not L'Tzayrach HaSuda. I say that's an unusual thing. But meanwhile, that's why I say it's academic. But still, what's the shear? If you wanted to take a break between Kiddush and Hamoitzi, what is, what is the shear in Zman, in time? So now we have a halacha, which we have discussed probably several times. Uh, but it's uh, it's a it's a common question about a woman who wants to light Neris Shabbos, and for some reason she doesn't want to be Mikabel Shabbos right away. It could be because she hasn't done Mincha. It could be because uh, I had the case more than once. A woman on the air of Yom Kippur. We live about for her. She was really getting on. It would be let's say a twenty-minute walk to go to Shul. So instead of Walking there and back, so she wants to um, light Neris uh, before him keep her Altai, and then her husband would drive, or she would drive, doesn't matter, and she'll come to Shul in five minutes, and then uh, once she's uh, arrived. So there actually, there's a Gemara in Erevim which asks, why don't we make Kiddush on Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur by night, you know, before it becomes dark. Before sunset, like we right, like in summer, we make kiddush early. So why don't we make also a kiddush for Yom Kippur early? And Gemara answers, but if you say by kiddush, you say shachiyanu, and you say shachiyanu is man therefore it's become Yom Kippur. And you won't be able to drink the wine. All right. So coming back to this lady, so she wanted to get in the car. So it's it's an uh, this idea of of benching licht. Uh, when the condition not to be Mikhail Shabbos is, a, is, is, is condoned in exceptional circumstances. Not in regular, but in exceptional. The general meaning is Mikhail Shabbos. So I felt it was justified. But I told her, don't say Shekhyon. Okay. Now, what we have in Shekhyon over here, this is, as I say, in Simon, um, this is the Simon Reish Samach Gimel. 
Here the Altareb is discussing a woman who has some very important activity on Friday night. And so she wants to bench Lich without being Mechabal Shams. So the Altarebis brings here an idea that how about if if uh, if she will light on conditions she's not Mechabal Shabbos, Ozai Tadlik, she will, I'm reading where I'm pointing, Ozai Tadlik go to Vorich, Betasna, she'll make a stipulation that she's not Mechabal Shabbos. And then Altarebis adds this, this line. You can only make this stipulation. I'm lighting, not Mechabal Shabbos. It's only acceptable to light with not be Mechabal Shabbos if the husband will be Mechabal Shabbos. Since she is not Mechabal immediately, so because she's going to, to the mikveh, she's going to um, uh, so if the husband does not make Kabul immediately, so we'll have to put out the candles and write, light them again close to Kabbalah Shabbos. To light candles and nothing's happened, no, no Kabbalah Shabbos um, shortly thereafter is unacceptable. That's the word which the Altenebus says. So now... In the Kuntus Achrin, the Alter Rebbe discusses this, and he says this idea of lighting in the husband and on a condition, etc. The Morgan Avram misses this out. He doesn't mention this Tikkun because she's going to a chuppah. What's the point of her lighting? Um, someone she has to be in Kabbalah Shabbos right away, even even with it tonight. Now then he brings a, a word of how long a delay could be thereafter. So he says. The Alter Rebbe introduces here a, a very interesting deal. We know the word miyad means immediately. As you know, the word immediate, the middle letters of immediate is mem yudalet. So you have immediate, that's miyad. Then we have a word la'alter. Alter means promptly. The Alter Rebbe now picks up, and there's a take here for Miyad. There's immediate, immediate, right now. Um, and then there is the Alter, very, very soon. Uh, very, very soon. So what's the difference? Well, this can be a couple of minutes. And he mentions here about roasting a fish, a piece, a small piece of fish. So now let's take a look. Where he's getting, where is he getting this expression from? So you take a look in the Gemara Shabbos Daflamet Hey Omid Beis, and it has here that they used to have a minig of blowing shofar to announce Shabbos. It was a let's say a, a tower somewhere, a high uh, a higher space where a person would go on erev Shabbos, and it was his job to blow shofar to announce Shabbos. It's like a siren. So Sheishki is talking erev Shabbos. The first one is for the people out in the fields to hear the siren, to hear the shofar, and they will pack their bags and come in for the fields. The second siren was the people who are local, 
in town. It takes less time for them to get home. Shlishis, the third siren, the third the shofar sound, that would be to tell people now is the time to light the candles. They used to wear tefillin the whole day. Shabbos, you're not going to wear tefillin. So the third one was the alert sign to take off your tefillin. Here comes the crucial part. And then there's a pause, the amount of time it takes to roast a small fish. Or the time it takes to um, put some bread, stick it into the oven. So the last three is in succession. So what we're seeing here is after Hadlokas Haneir, there is still a pause of time to be able to roast a dark cotton, a small piece of fish or small fish. And only then is it become both Shabbos by the next set of years. So now we can see that although there is the concept that you should be Mechabal Shabbos right after, but this has to, has to be understood, not Miyad Mateke for Miyad, but it means Lalter Sum. All right. How long is Sum? So now the Alter Rebbe says, Mikomakoim Shi or Zeh, this must be must, much less than a quarter of an hour. There's a din of how long when you salt meat. So how long is the minimum for the salting of meat? So the minimum is the amount of time it takes if it would be put up to roast. The shiur melicha is shiur the amount of time for the minimum time of salting is the amount of time it would take to roast this piece. How long is the minimum in, in minutes? So the shear there is hiluch mil, 18 minutes. Perhaps 24 minutes. I'm going to go into that. But meanwhile, you have, you know, he says, and that's talking about it could be a big chunk of meat. And nevertheless, it can be roasted in, in uh, 18 minutes, 24 minutes. You can roast a whole big piece of meat. So a small piece of a, a fish a cotton must be much less than the sheer tzliya of a of a large piece of meat. On that basis, the Alter says, if so, even though we have a permission of a, a pause, it doesn't have to be miyad mamish, take it from miyad, but it can be, it has to be the altar. And how long is the altar? He uses a language, pochus much less than a quarter of an hour. Very interesting. So meanwhile, what's what I'm going to, what's to suggest here, that just like the, just like in, in the dinim of Kiddush B'mokim Suda, the Alter Rebbe, sorry, just like in the dinim of Hadlokas Neiris, the Alter Rebbe has introduced that there's a concept of doubly altar, and that is Pochos Harbe Mirviyasho. So let's say it's 10 minutes. So therefore, when we come back to Kiddush B'mokin Suda, and there's a din, it has to be that you should be eating la'alter after, after Kiddush, I'm going to take the liberty of importing the definition of la'alter from Simeresh Samach Gimel to Simeresh Ayin Aleph, and to say that the shear of la'alter is approximately 10 minutes. As I say, most of us don't have that patience to wait after Kiddush till we make Hamoid Seed, any case, or to have Mazayinus by a Kiddush. Now, okay, 
Um, so that's just a chiddush of the Alter Rebbe. Now, in the Sefer Shemir Shabbos Gehilchoso, he suggests that this idea that someone is, that the wife is lighting near Shabbos Altenai, and then the husband is Mechabal Shabbos. So he says it's imperative that someone at home is Mechabal Shabbos. If it's not, so he, let's say another member of the family or a guest, is Mechabal Shabbos. But if you read further, I'm not, I didn't put it on the screen. If you read further in this Kuntus Achrin, in Simon Reish, Samar Gimel, Ois Beis, later on he discusses the, the dynamics of the mitzvah of Adlokas Neiris. That really, I mean, here's an interesting story. She is making the bracha, and he's Mechabal Shabbos. So he says, Al-Tareb explains, because really Adlokas Neiris is a mitzvah on the Balabos. It's really his mitzvah. He's 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 paying for it. It's his, he's got it like he pays for the mezuzah. He has to pay for the neiros. It's his mitzvah. Novos Chazal, um, in this particular case, they gave the mitzvah to the to the um, balas abayis, so the the, the the wife should be lighting. But it's really his mitzvah. Therefore, it's it's legitimate that his kabbalas shabbos. It's really his adlokas neiros. So according to this understanding. It's only the husband's Kabbalah Shabbos will kind of allow for the her wife to not be Mechabal Shabbos because he's Mechabal Shabbos with her bracha. But for just another person in the house to be Mechabal Shabbos, that doesn't necessarily connect with the fact that she is, has lit uh, Neiris Altenai. Okay, let's go on to the next question. Um, covering the Shelyad, when we when we put on the tefillin. So I think we've, we've, we went through this some time back um, a couple of years ago. And uh, I see in my notes, it's told us, Tafshin Pe'alo. We discussed this. Um, so we have two issues here. One is about whether the tefillin should be covered when we're wearing the tefillin. So in many, many, most from a Yidin will have their sleeve down, uh, covering their shaliyad. And well, we have the Gemara, here Gemara Menoches, where it says actually that although it says that means that, uh, you can see here, Rav Ashi was once sitting in the presence of Amemer, and there was he had some um, wound on his arm, and as a result, he hadn't pulled, he hadn't covered it over properly. And so his tefillin shalyad were visible. So the Rav Ashi says to Amemir, don't you subscribe to the idea that the tefillin shalyad should be in a um, should be covered? It means to identify where on the arm, where on the hand. After all, the pasuk says So it could be mean on on your palm. So we learn from this early in this Gemara that is that the place which is more covered, but more and more uh, usually the upper arm is covered, and therefore that's the place where the tefillin belong. But it doesn't mean it's imperative that the tefillin should be covered. Here the Alter Rebbe brings this this whole discussion, and he he says this this verb that unless, there, it may be a case where a person has a bandage. 
and they still put on the tefillin on top of the bandage, in that case, they have to cover it, but otherwise not. If you remember, I remember that the, we, the Rebbe, uh, I, I, a couple of things. I remember Sadie Liberov, pulling, putting on his tefillin, and he would pull down the his sleeve on his shalyad before he put on the shalrosh. And this is actually in the Sefer Ashkav to the Rebbe is described that the Rebbe Rashab used to do like this. So, the, so it looks like the idea of is so important that even before putting on the shalrosh, they already made a point they should be should be um, covered up. I heard that in the earlier years when the Rebbe had arrived in America, so someone saw him struggling to pull down his sleeve after putting on the shalyad before the shalrosh. And this person was Megale to the Rebbe. There's a, in America, there's something called short-sleeved shirts. And from then on, the Rebbe wore so short-sleeved shirts, um, which you can see in the pictures that the film are partly covered. But they, the, 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 we wear the shalyad as a protective cover, a plastic or cardboard cover. So the previous Rebbe did not wear that cover when he was davening. He just had the tefillin as they were. And the Rebbe did, there's a concern, if you don't use a cover, then wear and tear it will spoil the uh, squareness of the tefillin, the cube. The Rebbe did wear uh, this thing, and it looks like, from the, well, the, the people who know what's going inside, the Rebbe would put on this cover before putting on the shalrosh. And my story is, that there is this concept of, although it doesn't have to be covered, but there is, seems to be, a, say, a hidur being covered, and so who says it has to be with the sleeve? Perhaps it's even with, with the with the plastic cover. That's also Yayotza, the Indian of Lecholais. Um, But then the question, so that's why the tefillin is covered later. The question is, why what, during the brocha do we make a point of covering? So, so here he brings from, this is in the Piske Tshuvas, he brings from the Sharet Tshuva, from Abavrom Azulai, the grandfather of the Fido, now those who particular to, to darken, in other words, to cover over the talus, over the arm when they put on tefillin. We find various tzaddikim would also do so because of tzniyas. Um, So that's, it seems to be, since we say that means that the upper arm is normally covered, so it makes it follows that for hilchas tzniyas, you shouldn't be making a bracha when something is, when you're exposed in a not so way. Therefore, that's the minig, whether Bochrim with the jackets, uh, with the right side of the jacket, or in Geman with the talus. So when we make the brocha, so the arm is covered. And then later, after you've put them on, then you pull down the sleeve a little bit, it should be mostly covered. Let's move on to a question which two people, somehow, asked the same question last week. Um, is it okay to take, so is it okay to take schnitzel from the fridge on Shabbos morning and to put it on the plug-in hot plate, the blech. So to explain what's the question here, the schnitzel is mevushal kol tzorka, and therefore it's no problem of vishalach because it's it's dry. If it be liquid, to reheat liquid is a no-no, because by liquid we say yes vishalach which means that it is considered, reheating it is considered cooking. But with a dry food, once it's fully cooked, so reheating is not called cooking. Then there's a concept of nira kemavash. 
what's, what's the problem of putting um, dry food on, on the stove? Nira Kamabash. So then you could argue, well, once I've, no one cooks on a hot plate. Our plug-in hot plates or the more traditional sheet of, of tin over the stove, that's not a normal way of cooking. It's not nira kemavashal. So therefore, there is a good argument to say it's not mavashal because it's already mavushal. And it's not nira kemavashal because this is not a normal way of cooking. Therefore, it should be okay to put the to put the schnitzel on the blech. Having that's the svaras. So let's see what our forecast writes over here. This is from the Sefer Shabbos Kalocha, Perik Yud, Oisio Dalad, Rabbi Mapoiskim. There are many who rule that you're not allowed to place on Shabbos, on the electric plate, uh, to, to place food there, uh, just like you wouldn't put on the blech, as you discussed in previous paragraphs. On the other hand, there are Migdoyle Haposkim, there are eminent authorities who say uh, that you are allowed. And therefore, he says, if there's a tzodich, as Negea for Oenik Shabbos, one can rely on that head. You should place on the plata, you should put an inverted dish and you should put the, the food which you want to re- warm up. We're talking about dry food, yeah? Wet, not liquid. We're talking about dry food. They put it on a, a, a upside down a, a dish, uh, something like that. So therefore it's a little bit more removed from the hot plate. So there are materium and if there's a need, one can rely on that. The general meaning is not to, um, and so, and, but with a upside down um, dish that would solve the problem. Okay, let's move on. So we have here um, about bringing food to the table. So, in addition to the challah, we have on showers we have fish and salads, etc. Should those foods can is it okay for those foods to be brought before kiddush, or is there a hidur? Yeah, this is not talking about a din here, we're talking about a hidur. Is a hidur to bring those foods only after kiddush? Can be before Hamoy, we talk about kiddush. So now we have here as a toysfus in, in, in uh, Psochim, Kuf Omid Beis. Sheemevien is a shulchon ele imkain kiddush. That it says there by bringing the table only after kiddush. Now, I, it says in Gemore, Toysfus asked in Shabbos Kufutes, about the two malochim coming Friday night to check out what's going on at home. And if he finds the table all nice and set, so then he says that brocha, and it should be the same next week. So he answers that the table is prepared. Yeah, but it's in the other room. They're going to ask, the servants will bring it in after Kiddush. Then Toysus says that nowadays we have the, instead of little tables by each place, we have a large table and everyone sits around one big table. And it's not really practical to start bringing in the table after Kiddush. That would be too much of a to do between Kiddush and the Suda. You know, it's connection with the previous discussion, yeah. And therefore, we are accustomed to press up to cover with a cloth. And he quotes from the Shiltus of Achoi, the The reason for covering is so that now, as if you, when you make Kiddush, there's no food yet, it's all nothing visible. Then you make Kiddush, oh, Shabbos. oh now we can honor of Shabbos, now we've got food so we can uncover the bread. So that's one reason why we cover the bread, so that you should be 
evident that it's the it's the the food is for celebrating Shabbos. Then there's a Toysfus. I didn't bring the whole on the screen. There's another reason for um, covering the chalas, a maisa with the mon that uh, the mon didn't come down on Shabbos, uh, and, the, and and therefore we cover the chalas with with um, with a cloth. So here we have also, particularly in the Alter Rebbe Shachonaruch. So here you have it. Um, what does it, it say here? The table is the food is ready, but it's brought to the table after Kiddush. It should be evident it's brought done the covered Shabbos. And if it's brought before, it should be before Kiddush. Then to cover it with a cloth, as if it's not there until after Kiddush. So it should be evident that it's been brought the covered Shabbos. And then he goes on to say, this is in those times when they had small tables. But nowadays we have big tables, and therefore it's custom to bring the table that we have the bread there before and recover it. So this idea whether the salad has to be cut brought later is not really spelled out clearly because this is talking about the chalas primarily. But then, then we'll just take a, take a look in the um, Pisket Shuvis. He brings here, that also the other Tzorchi Asuda. Also, the other provisions for the meal, the fish, and then the salads. Also, it's not a it's not a a, a, a rigid halacha. It's, it's a recommendation. It's preferable to bring them after kiddush if they were before. But before, there's a savara to cover them. Um, I see someone's put on the chat something that they have, that they were covered in dew. Okay, let's move on. Um, right. So now, the question here is. About the name, which we uh, with a minute to say a posuk at the end of Shmona Esra of one's own, uh, which has the beginning and the end letters correspond to the beginning and the end letters of one's own name. The question is, there's also an alternative if you have a posuk which has your name in the posuk. So now. In some, in various sedurim, they've got uh, lists of of sukim. I didn't manage to do my homework on this adequately. There, are in the Chabad Siddur, the annotated edition, which was published in Tovshin Samach Gimel, so there they included a list of sukim. Now, I was particularly asked about the name Noyach. In other sedurim, it says. And then in the Kahosida, it has a postdoc from Yeshua, which is talking about the Gvulois of Israel, and it's Negbo. First word is Negbo, and the last word is Mizrach. It's a very technical postdoc, and that's the postdoc, the only postdoc in Tanakh, which starts with the Nun and ends with the Ches. And so now I was asked which one would. Be preferable. The posse which doesn't have the end and first and last letters, but it has your name, or the one which has your name, yeah, which or yeah. So which which is preferable? My 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 feeling, particularly in that situation, was actually that that posse I found rather uh, irrelevant. We can't say such a thing. Um, with a posse, uh, is something I think a beautiful posse. 
Um, and I wanted to trace back this little this this whole thing. Now, the where's the earliest mention of this? This whole minig. This earliest mention is about fifty years, seventy years after the Ariza, in the early top top um, years, top noon, or a bit earlier. So here we have a sefer called Ben Zion. So he writes the sefer. I don't know what the Rosh Tevis is. In the Sefer Tov Reish Aleph, he quotes from Rav Hirtz. Now, Rav Hirtz, this I do have. There's a Siddur called Siddur Rav Hirtz, which was published in Tihingin in the year Shin Chof, I think. At any rate, and I, I looked there, I couldn't find it. But he writes that in the name of Rav Hirtz, that one should uh, say there to say a simon to, uh, for your, your posse for your name. And he, his name was Hirtz. Hirtz means a deer. But he would say a for Naftali. Because the, the name Hirsch is usually kind of connected to the name Naftali Hirsch. Because of the brocha of Naftali, Naftali Ayala Shlucha. So he would say the posuk, Nidway spirit say no, which is interesting also to comment that if a person has got a authentic, uh, their the, the official name, and then they've got a nickname, so they should, the, the post which they say should be of their official name rather than their nickname, which also is going to becomes complicated because now a lot of us, um, the nickname has become an indigenous part of the name, which we're going to have to think about carefully. Um, right. So this is one, the, one of the earliest sources. Well, he's already quoting Rav Hirtz. Um, they, they, there's, they, they often refer to the shallow, and it's not in the shallow. Then there's a sefer called Kitsa Shalo. And Kitsa Shalo, this does appear there in certain prints. So the, there's a letter of the Rebbe published also in Shulchan Menachem, and it has there that he, he, he sees a reference of Kitsa Shalo, he can't find it there. It's only in certain prints of the Kitsa Shalo. Um, I, I must diverge for a, for a, for a second. The, the joke is said about the Chayodom, he quoted, he, he, he chose the name for his Sefer very wisely because other people write for him and then people make a Kitzer. And you can't necessarily rely on the quality of the Mekatzer. So he gave a name, Chayodom. No one's going to give a name, Kitzer Chayodom, which means the shortening of a person's life. Um, for that matter, Chochmas Odom is kids uh, you know, shortening a person's Chochma is not a very clever thing. So now, the, in the, the so you have the Sefer Kitzah Shalom, and again, I haven't done too much research, but I, I do have this frustration that not everything in the Kitzah Shalom appears in the, in the Shalom. Kitsa Shalom is not necessarily a faithful um, abbreviated Shalom. It's good to Zachen, Zachen, but it's not. Okay, so this is, there's a section towards the end of uh, the Shalom, uh, Kitsa Shalom, sorry, the print in Amsterdam, print uh, from the year Tof Pei Base. And then we're going to read this. Yodua, it's mentioned earlier, he had dis discussed about Meseches Gehenim and 
about the idea of chibot hakefer, which means the body being thrown around in the grave. Um, that the wicked, they don't know their name when they are in the grave. And they are beaten in a cruel way. A person during his lifetime will say a posuk, which begins with his name, with the same letter as his name, and ends with, the, the, with his name, that means, so then the Hainu Usi Hashem Sha'ul Sefatoira. You mean the official name, which you're Ulla Sefatoira, Shushem Akoidish. That's only Ulaima Kigoin. He goes into detail. A person is known as Itchik. But he's called to the same Yitzchok. So he should take a Posuk which begins with a Yud and ends with a Kuf and so on. Mikol Shikoin, someone, Misha Shmoi Nimsev a Posuk Atzmoi, a Posuk has the word Sholoim or Don or Ruven, Shein Sorich Lesayim. It doesn't matter if it does end with the, with a noon, etc. That doesn't matter. Um, and one who says that such a this pasuk is a schooler, he shouldn't forget his name. And then he quotes the sefer Ben Sion, which you saw on the previous page. And the sefer was that right? Was that that was sefer Ben Sion? Yeah, the sefer Ben Sion. He has a list of names of of psukim, of names and psukim. And so the publisher of this Kitzah Shalom says, I'm going to do the same thing, do you a favor. I'm going to copy out the psukim which are over there, uh, which are said on the end of Shemun Esra before you Rotsin at the end of Shemun Esra. Okay. So then he has for Avroham, he has indeed a posuk which he says, either the posuk Atuhu al Shemalikim, a Samtoshmei Avroham, or a posuk Anihashmushmi Shalzilapsilim. So he, it seems to be a bit contradictory. He just said, it's better if it has your name. But then he gives an alternative. It doesn't have your name. It just starts and ends with an aleph. So that's interesting. I mean, my name is uh, Levi Yitzchok. And I say, I'm sure there are dozens, if not hundreds of sukim, nice sukim, uh, which have the word Yitzchok. And yet, generally, we keep to saying a posuk, which is begins you know with this uh, begins and ends with the same letters so we don't necessarily opt for a posuk which mentions the name without um it matching beginning and end with also tables separate tables that seems to be the general thing but yeah nevertheless coming back to this name Noyach, i felt that the posuk which is uh this other posuk as i said i didn't find it very inspiring and whereas you take a posuk which has got a message to it it's you know i find it more meaningful um there is in the safer shulcha menachem as i mentioned there's a lot of discussion about this about the uh, uh, this the posuk and mingachsidim is to say the posuk of the rebbe you know when when that crucial moment in chibot uh, akever uh, one also is uh, would a would want to have the rebbe's to remember the rebbe's name to be um, to uh, to be there with him, and the Rebbe in that letter indeed mentions about the Friedrich Rebbe using the posuk Yitzim Achoshev Ritzamovus. Now here he mentions about if you have a nickname. So as it says, Chenach Chenach, Chanoich is the Hebrew, and then in Yiddish it became Chenach. So so he says you don't have to say posuk for Chenach, only for Chanoich. Now. So I'm, my question is, I mentioned last night in the shul, 
My father's name was named after Rebbe Hashab, uh, Doiv Bear. Now, Bear is a translation of Doiv. Do you have to say a separate posuk for Bear, or it's just a posuk for Doiv? So that I don't know. I'm sure there are Chassidim who have a Mesoira about that, and I'm be, I'd be happy to share. If you tell me what you have Mesoira on that, I'd be happy to share with other people. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so now question, uh, very relevant, a very very um, current type of question today. Any uh, you go, you want to you want to use a business, a service, whatever it may be. So you go into their website, and on the website there is um, there is reviews of other users. There's a whole parasha that you can get false reviews also. Right? There's a whole industry I understand of somehow. Improving your 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 ratings, etc., in reviews. But uh, here's a question: I I stayed. I used the service of a, a of a uh, Jewish company. They gave me a rotten service. And uh, am I allowed to put down a review which they deserved? And of course, it's going to protect the next customer. They'll see what to expect. They'll probably they'll go to a different business. So is that allowed? And if that's not allowed because it's lashon hara. So then, am I allowed to read reviews because it's Lashon Hara? So there's a general principle in Lashon Hara that if it's Lutoy Ellis, if there is a constructive purpose for it, I'm not going to go into all the details, I'm not, I'm not at my fingertips, but generally there's a So to read reviews in order to make you mind up whether to use this hotel or not, or to use this, this, uh, Installation company, whatever it may be. So, it, yeah, you can read the reviews because that's Lotealis. But what about writing the review? Yeah, so it's Lotealis to protect other people. So, I've got, got here on the screen from Chofetz Chaim, Lashon Hora, Klal Yud, Ois Yud Allah. And he writes, be very careful not to allow yourself to tell other people how I had a geshef with so and so, how he ripped me off. He cheated me in this way, and he, he was in, he was insulting. He he hurt me. He embarrassed me, etc. Even if you know that it's true, and even I feel if you'll have the hetter which is mentioned before, which about the idea of toyalis, because your intention at this moment is not for toyalis. Your intention is not to protect other people. Rather. Um, it's it's uh, rather your kavana is you, you want to vent you want to you want to um, tell people this it's it's a kind of revenge so to speak that this person that gave you such a horrible service and behaved so nasty to you therefore you you want you want to kind of settle accounts with them and therefore he basically he said and the more people hear about this you know the better so your motive here so although it's true. That your your uh, negative review would be a tayelis, but your motive for doing so is most likely not the tayelis, but to to uh, to vent your frustration, and therefore that would not be acceptable. So just now, go ahead. Um, right, the next question which we have, which I don't have anything on the screen, is about sending an unfinished sefer with a regular courier service. 
So if a Sefer Torah we treat with enormous respect, and when it's transported, let's say, if someone wants to take a Sefer Torah on the plane, they wouldn't put it in luggage, they would uh, take it on hand luggage, and if it's a big Sefer Torah, you'd, let's say, uh, let's say if you can get one of these sports holders, a long bag, and uh, arrange that you should be able to put it in, of course, you're going to have to have special permission because it's bigger than the regular dimensions, but you make uh, arrangements in advance that you should be able to, and then you take it with, and you put it in the um, overhead lockers, and uh, so it means paying a bit extra to, to go earlier. Um, right. So that the so but here's an unfinished sefer in other words they're going to celebrate a hachanos sefer torah the sea and they're going to make a sofer so it's unfinished so then it does not have kudusha sefer then technically it would be permitted to to uh, wrap it and put it in a uh, put it in luggage etc that or or in in a courier service that would be permitted right let's move on um Someone asked just now on the chat whether he's allowed to put a put up a good review on this shear. Um, so that's not a question of and Horus, Lush and Lush and Toyo. That's not a shail altogether. But um, I am biased, so uh, let's move on. Hagber and Galila. Now, there is a brought in Shechonaruch in Simon Kufmim Aleph. Very often we have this question about giving alias to two immediate relatives, two brothers, father and son. And then there's also even if it be a, a Zayda and a grandson, if it's Ben Ben, not a Ben Bas. So we don't give alias one straight after the other. That's brought in the Ramo, idea of Ein What about, so that just last week, someone asked me, he, I, I was given the Aliyah of Chazak, and he wanted, he had bought Mafti, he wanted to give it to my son to give him Mafti. So it says clearly there are more, even for uh, Shvi and Mafti, also you wouldn't give a father and son one after the other. There may be a difference on Yom Tov, etc., when you switch Sefetorah, but generally, uh, no, one wouldn't. So what about, here the question is about Hagben Glila, a father and son, to have um, one after the, to have the Hag Ben Glila one next to the other, so that's not written in Shukhan Aruch nor in the Ramor. So in the Piskei Shuvas in Simen Kufbem Aleph, he writes that if the custom is not to call them up by name, then that would be okay. If it's normal to, if they do call them up by, by the name, then um, one should avoid calling the father and son to do a Hag Ben Glila. I just want to point out also. What I noticed by my father, Lord Shalom, and generally in the Min Higa'ulam, you don't say Ya'amoid for Hagba. Ya'amoid is, is for Aliyah. Aliyah totally used the word Ya'amoid. But for uh, Hagba and Glila would be, if you are calling them up by name, it would be Mishabeirach, Mashvoshayale. The same thing with two brothers. Thank you. Yes. Um, he says here, even if this you're going to not call them up by name, but if it's standard minute to call them up by name, then it would be something to uh, to be avoided. Okay, let's move on. Um, right. Might finish a little bit early. There is a Malava um, Malka um, here in, in Hendon. That's why you can see there's a different background, if you noticed. 
Um, so making the shears from Hendon tonight. Let's take a look. One last question then for tonight, and that is about teaching children. So there's Malamdim um, discussing with one another, and they're learning kids of Shekhanaru, and they have uh, a whole a whole series of details. If you come late, so then to be able to dive in with the minion, so then you can skip this, and you and priorities of skipping, and then to teach this. And let's talk about a Chabad cheder. Generally, in Chabad, this isn't isn't followed. So then, should we be learning it with the children, and then say that we don't follow? That's an that's an interesting question. How wise is it to teach children something? And then say, well, we're not knowing like that. That's an interesting question. And that's one of the values of the new Kitsa Shekhanoruch, the Minhogi Chabad, that you have kind of the Minhogi Chabad is there uh, at the bottom of the page. And so it's rather than saying, oh, well, we're not knowing like what we just learned, which itself is a bit kishvach, yeah? So here's the letter of the Rebbe. We'll read this carefully. This letter is to Rabbi Dubov, who was a mashkiach, in the in Manchester Yeshiva. Rosh Yeshiva was Rabbi Segal, and Rabbi Duba was a Mashkiach. I'm sure there were other staff members also. And so he asked the question. And the Rebbe says, In reference to you, in answer to your question, there are lads who tend to come late. And if you not, shouldn't, um, if you won't tell them to skip, the Mikarbon is before Hoidu, then they won't be able to down with the Tzibur. So what should you do? So they not they're not missing they're not late for Hoidu, but they they come to time for Hoidu, but they haven't said Karbonus. So what should we do? Should we tell them to skip, etc.? So a very diplomatic um, answer. Let's read this carefully. Mm-hmm. Who is the wise person? Who can foresee the future? You can see how things will develop. That's relevant everywhere. Here too. Now, the Av Shehadin is clear that you should skip. Then he gives a safer, the safer Sharit Pilo, the Rabyankiv Rekeach. There's a safer from Rabyankiv Rekeach who lived about 120 years ago. On the margin of the Rebbe's Siddha, uh, in the Shara Kailo, right near the beginning, the Rebbe gives a reference to this Sefer, Sharit Filler. Uh, so that's how I remember I once looked it up. At any rate, I will look this thing also up once. He brings Tzadik Al of Daesh Svirul Hukain. The Sharit Filler, Rabbi Akiv brings 91 sources that you should skip when you're running late. So they came out to down with the minion. So the din is Boro Shemadalgit. So having said that, let's go for a moment. The Kafachaim brings from other sources that one shouldn't skip because there's a Seder. So that's probably why the Ribyak of Rekeach went to the effort of bringing all of those sources. Avol Yeshlira is saying, yes, there is a simple halocha, but you're coming late, you skip, and to be able to down with the minion. One has to be wary to see what's going to develop, and especially if it's in the short term. 
We've seen this quite tangibly. The permission to skip may be taken from a yard. If you can skip, that means it's not so important. First thing we'll say is skip. Carbonus before Then the next stage is come later. Okay, so you skip parts of Sukkot Zimra. can skip here. Once you start getting into the uh, when that skipping is legitimate, then it becomes. Okay, it, 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 saying we can see this is the tendency. It it it, it, it develops more and more. Especially. You're asking about young boys who are very impressionable. And so then you don't want to give them this feeling that you can, you, that parts of davening are dispensable. Therefore, practically speaking, of course, we cannot issue a ruling contrary to the din. Very, very interesting. Try to find a way that the boys shouldn't even know that there's a heter to skip. So in other words, don't learn the material. So then they shouldn't go, oh, we can learn to skip. Better they shouldn't know. You have a Gemara Shabbos about Pikuach Nefesh to violate this Shabbos so that he will keep many Shabboses. So, um, sorry, this one, Chal Shabbos Achas, so that someone else should be able to, you, Yom Chal Shabbos, that someone else should be able to um, have many Shabboses in his future life. So you tell Reuben to be Chal Shabbos so that Shimon should have many Shabboses. How much more so in our case, where we're talking about the same person. So the Rebbe seems to be saying, it's true that the boy, if we don't tell him to skip, so he's not going to die with the minion. But perhaps by, by that in itself will spur him to that next time he'll make sure to be on time. He should be able to say carbonus in time, etc. Whereas if you tell him that you can skip, the Rebbe is worried about the the, the the, the, of course, you can argue the other way around. You can argue that uh, he'll get used to downing without dominion. Um, but then if he's going to say every word, he hasn't gained anything by skipping. His, his uh, Yetzirah is happy. He's skipped a whole lot of uh, stuff. Whatever. Akoponim, this seems to be quite clear in this letter. The Rebbe is, is, more, is guiding more that not to teach this halacha to the Talmudim. And they get older, they'll learn about it, and then they'll uh, they'll deal with it as they as they get as they get older. Um that's my understanding. Um all right, with this I'll wish you all a Utavoch. Should be uh here a week of Surah Tavis in the Yeshua's Kal Yisrael, the uh in Etisrol, the hostages and the soldiers should be safe. And um we should have a Gula Shlemo with Moshiach Zedkeno with Meheri Amerino Mamash. There is a swara of that. Yeah, you're right. There's some that if you skip, you should be making up the parts afterwards. 
Yeah, I don't know how that how much that would work with the Talmudim and the, the yeshivas. They have to go then afterwards to breakfast. For some, it's not so posh. All right, I've got a book.